We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Game predictions? We ready to do this? Yes, sir. Ready to do it. So, Ryan, as we we've talked about, I'll just say this: I I, I did the article this morning, published it, and I was like, "Wow, no one no no one on the staff thinks this is going to be a very close game." Uh, th- there, there's no doubt about that. So, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to talk. We're going to give our game prediction. We'll talk about how we see the game going. We will then uh, predict game balls as well. And uh, and just kind of then talk a little about what what our concerns about will that happen or not. So Ryan, we'll start off with you. Number sure. one, what is your game score? I was honestly a little surprised when I saw it because you tend to try to be a little bit more um, conservative, you know, like yeah. right, right. I think that's fair. Uh, yeah. And I was like, wow, Ryan, Ryan must be in a good mood. He must have had some really good ham or something yesterday, or maybe he finally had turkey that was good or something. But I, I, I remembered a- you actually sent it a couple days ago. I had um, so there's actually a question I believe about Thanksgiving, and we'll talk yes, about it. I, had, yeah. I did have a little bit of turkey yesterday, but also had some pork butt that was smoked yesterday okay. as well. A little bit of untraditional, but it was very good. But yes, I was in a good mood because Brian, you know, I, I would even say almost pessimistic at times. That's where my predictions are at times. Like there's a couple games this year where I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm just not 100 percent sure here. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm just. I, I think it's the difference between an, an offensive-minded coach, me, and a defensive-minded yeah. guy, you, because sure. offensive guys tend to be more like, we're going to go out there, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to score 90 points. Where defensive guys are like, man, we got to be prepared for this, and what if they do that? And it's just so I, I do think it's an interesting uh, difference. But yes, you are tend to be. I would say I'll say pessimistic because you predict them to win. I think the only time you've predicted them to lose this year was USC, right? right? I think you've predicted them to win every other game. It's just more reserved, which yes. I think is fair. Yeah, reserved. reserved. Not so much this week, though, Ryan. <laughs> well, so folks, I had a fifty-two to nine <laughs> was was my was my prediction. Fifty-two for Notre Dame, nine for the Stanford Cardinal. How I get there, and I know it's a big score, and I know. It's a big deficit. I have watched a lot of Stanford this week. I obviously have seen a lot of Notre Dame this week, this year. And there's part of me that one feels a lot better about the offense from last week 
in the sense that I saw a lot of the things that I've been wanting to see, right? A lot more offensive diversity, a lot more creativity, a lot more willingness to attack multiple levels of the field. It was great to see, right? Like it's it's fresh in my mind as far as Notre Dame seeing like a little bit more progressive offensively. And it was great to see. The other part of it is, is that Stanford's just not very good, right? Like you head into this game against a team that has given up 36 points per game this year. It's just, it's, this is a game that I think that Notre Dame has the upper hand in every area. And also, I think that the biggest thing for me is that I don't think that there's a possibility that Notre Dame sleepwalks through this game because they literally lost to this team last year and it was embarrassing. It wasn't just that you lost to them. You lost to a team that was terrible last year that hadn't beat a power five team in how long, Brian? What was it? The two years or whatever? It was over, it was over a calendar year. So like over they had they year, had yeah. they had it was actually it was kind of funny is because they the last win was over Oregon when Oregon yeah. was ranked in the top five. But if you remember, that was the game where Joe Moore had got rushed to the hospital like right before the game. And they beat Oregon in that game, and then they lost the rest of the year. And it, not only did they lose the rest of the year, Ryan, they were getting destroyed the rest <laughs> of the year. Then to start that season, the only win they had was over Colgate. So they hadn't yeah. beaten an FBS team in over a calendar year when they beat Notre Dame yeah. last year. Still just and like, it, I can't say that without contempt, even over a year later. I just, and Stanford I also this year lost to Troy Taylor's former team, Sacramento State, which is an yeah. FCS team as well. So this just isn't a very good team. Yeah. Notre Dame has, I think, that loss fresh in the back of their mind. They're like a lot because we talked about it. A lot of the de- – especially on the defensive side of the football, such a veteran-laden team, they're all like, dang, dude, we, we remember that, right? Like we remember what it was like walking off that field at home, losing 16-14 to 14, embarrassingly – to a really bad Stanford team. So I don't think Notre Dame is going to come and and just sleepwalk through this game. In fact, I think it's going to be the complete opposite. I think they are going to be juiced. I think they're going to be excited. I think they're going to come out and be like, dude, we want to punch this team in the mouth. We want to make a little bit of a statement and avenge the loss that we had last year. So getting 52 to nine, Notre Dame dominates. This is the rare occasion this year where Notre Dame comes out and offensively, defensively, they start fast. They start fast from the beginning. We see Kenny Minchie in the fourth. We see Steve Angeli in the fourth. Let's get this thing done, man, over with, and really just cement this guy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
So Ryan, if the game plays out how you think, fifty-two to nine, I think I might have missed this. Are you predicting a three field goals or a touchdown, a field goal, but a missed extra point or a missed two point conversion attempt? I was originally going to go 52 to 10 and give him a touchdown in there. And I was like, you know what? They're not even going to hit the end zone this week, nice. baby. 52 so 9. 52-9. Oh. Yep. Yep. So we're going to do three field okay. goals this week. Yep. So if if they get the if they win the game the way, you know, not not just necessarily the exact score, but yep. in the fashion that you anticipate, Ryan, let's let's hand out some game balls. Who gets your game ball for the Notre Dame offense if Notre Dame dominates the way you think they should or and will in this game? I think it's actually going to be a pretty well-balanced attack. So giving game balls out is a little bit tough. I think they're going to be able to run the football, and I think they're going to create some big plays. I'm going to go to a player that saw a little bit of a confidence boost last week, had a long touchdown, Tobias Merriweather Ooh. with over 100 yards this week and two long touchdowns. I'm predicting wow. it this week. I, I, I'm watching the Stanford defense, man. I'm just like, you can create some big plays on this team, man. You can hit some long balls. And I think that now Sam Hartman – Having that completion to him last week where even though he double clutched, he still sees that like, hey, Tobias can make that type of play. He can make a play down the field. He made two 40-yard gains in his two of his last three games. With, with exactly. exactly. So I think this is the game where it all comes to fruition. There's a couple shots. I think there might be a shot early as well where you get this thing loose a little bit. I think it's going to be a well-rounded game. I feel like I could have given it to Sam Hartman. I feel like I could have given it to Audric. But I'm going to give it to Tobias Merriweather, a couple long touchdowns, over 100 yards receiving, and two touchdowns. Well, he is averaging 41 yards per catch during his career against Stanford, Ryan. So <laughs> certainly some evidence about it. So uh, it, defensively, Ryan, if Notre Dame wins this game the way they should, who gets your defensive game ball? Oh, man, uh, so a team that held a, a Stanford team to nine points, another team, another – Probably could have given multiple game balls here, right? Probably could have given multiple ones. But that weakest part of this Stanford team, in my opinion, at least offensively, is the offensive line. So it's got to be a defensive player. It's got to mm-hmm. be a defensive player. I actually ended up giving my game ball after the game last week. This is Javante Jean-Baptiste. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spread the wealth around a little bit. I'm going to say that this is a Howard Cross game. I don't know why this feels like a Howard Cross game. Maybe it's the quickness combined with the short – with the with the oh, did I just steal it from you? Did I yes. steal the Howard Cross? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the combination of short area quickness and the natural leverage he plays with to be like just like a handful for these interior offensive linemen. But Howard Cross has a big game. Maybe a couple tackle for loss, a sack, like eight ta- total tackles everywhere on the field. Howard Cross. Yeah, you stole mine. You stole mine, Ryan. If Notre Dame wins the way they did, I want to know what your biggest storylines are coming out of this game. That's the final piece to this to this predictions puzzle for you. Well, I mean, I think that the the biggest piece for me is the ability to make big plays, and I think that kind of plays off of the off of the game we saw last week. Like we saw Tobias make a big play, we saw Jaden Grinhouse make a big play, we saw Eli Raritan. You know, hit a deep corner for a touchdown. We saw some explosive. He's been getting up. deep open a lot. They're just yeah. they just finally got it to him, Ryan. But that guy can freaking fly. Yes, he like, can, dude. I'll I'll say this, man. Mitchell Evans was one of the best tight ends in college football. We went down, yes. but athletically, tight end rooms in a Correct. good spot without Mitchell Correct. Evans, man. They can Correct. run. I mean, your slowest tight end is Cooper Flanagan right now, and that kid yeah. can move a little bit yes. too. Like he's not for slowly. his size, pound for pound, absolutely sixty pounds. Like, yeah. yeah, he can move a little bit. Yeah. But I think the, the ability to make big plays is going to be the biggest thing. Again, I, I think that Notre Dame last week, we saw the diversity and the creativity was allow guys to 
scheme open a little bit more and just make the plays in one-on-one situations and sometimes in one-on-none situations a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I think that Notre Dame is going to continue to that trend of, hey, diversity, creativity, create big plays. And coming into the offseason now, after the bowl game, I think you're going to feel good about big play potential for Notre Dame next week. So that's my biggest storyline offensively is I believe that it's going to be about making big plays. You're going to be able to make some chunk plays offensively, defensively. Just you're you're just you're just putting exclamation points on what on what Al Golden is doing this year with this defense. Yeah. You're just putting exclamation points, man. Like there's nothing that they can really do this week that I would just be like, oh man, that's a that's a new thing for Al Golden from a positivity perspective, right? Like if you hold Stanford to no points this week, I'll be like, yeah, that matches a lot of what I've seen defensively this year. I'm mm-hmm. not shocked about it, right? I'm not. So I think that Al Golden and the defense just cements what has been a great season for them on the defensive side of the football. Offensively, it's about making some big plays this week. I think that's so important, Ryan, because, look, there's nothing that Notre Dame can do in this game or the bowl game that's going to make us forget how they played it against the better defenses on the schedule. There's nothing you can do about that. But it is about building some momentum to say, hey, listen, there is some talent here. There are some things. Have enough faith in that talent that when you do play the best teams in your schedule next year, that you that you are willing to attack there too. And, you know, so if they're able to kind of to go do it and, and to get to that point, then you start feeling a lot better about Notre Dame's chances of, of or not say chances, but just, just more optimistic that, hey, guys, the talent is what we thought it was. Now it's just you got to believe in it and let it rip. And, and if they can do that down the stretch, I'll feel very good about it. So you ready for my prediction, Mr. Roberts? Yes, sir. I think this is this might be one of only a couple times this year that my margin of victory is actually less than yours. I think Notre Dame wins convincingly, but I, I don't know that it's going to be – like you're basically in, in Oregon State territory, Oregon State, you know, Stanford yeah. territory. I'm going to kind of stick to it being a little bit closer to like what the games were against like Oregon and, and uh, UCLA. And okay. the reason I just think, I think in the fourth quarter, I, I just see Notre Dame kind of just kind of, you know, packing it in a little bit in the fourth quarter. I'm going 42 to 10. I don't think this is going to be a competitive game. I think Stanford's going to get a touchdown drive just because Notre Dame's kind of done that in every game, even games where they've been really dominant. They still give up a touchdown drive to somebody. I mean, the weight game last week, you got the pit game the week before. It may be against the backups, but this Stanford team has just too many, too, you know, just a couple too many good individual players. I think a play will get made here or there that allow them to get to 10. Could I see them getting less? Yeah, I could see them getting less, but uh, I just – like I could see Notre Dame shutting Stanford out, and I could see Stanford scoring seventeen. I could see in, in anywhere in between because because they do have some players. But I, I think the problem for Stanford is their 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 success has come through the air, and this is the best pass defense in college football, in my opinion. That that's the it's just a bad matchup for Stanford in that regard, right? Like where Washington's a good matchup for them because they can you you can throw on Washington, you know. And unless it's like windy and rainy, like it was for Oregon State last week, but on a on a normal field, you can throw on Washington. Utah threw on Washington, and Utah doesn't really throw on anybody except Washington and Florida, and that's two not very good defenses. So, I, I just think they're going to struggle to move the ball against the Notre Dame defense. But I I, I kind of see it where they'll put a they'll put a um, a field goal drive together 
they'll like have like that one big play where Ao Menor just outplays somebody for the ball for once and they get a field goal drive and then them punching a the touchdown in in the second half against the backups. That's kind of how I see this game playing out for Notre Dame, Ryan, to be honest with you. Um, I just, yeah, that's, that's just, that's how I see it. I, th- I think that's how the game is going to play out now for offensively 42. I, I was originally like 49, 45, but like I said, I just, I just think they're going to kind of pack it in a little bit in the second half. I, I hope that I'm wrong and I hope they just pour it on them and, and get 50 plus, but I'm just going to be that Stanford field is also just so bad that I think you're going to see a couple slips that kill drives with the backups, you know, something like that where a guy falls down. Jer- 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 Jeremiah loves about the one cut it in for a touchdown and he slips because the field sucks. You know, I just something like that'll happen. I just saw I, I a little bit, a little bit more conservative with my pick. So I'm going for 42 to 10 uh, okay. for Notre Dame game ball for me. I'm actually going to go. I, I was kind of back and forth on this one too, Ryan. I'm going to go with, with Audric. Just because I have a feeling that that Notre Dame is doing sentimental things in games, which I don't necessarily love, you know, like leaving certain guys in to get them, you know, yards and you know stuff like that. And they've done that with Audric, and part of that is because I, I think they all know where Audric's going to be playing football next year, and it's not going to be in South Bend, right? And so with him getting kind of, I mean, not kind of, he got shafted. I mean, would, would would he get my vote to be the Doak Walker this year? No. Should he be a finalist, in my opinion? Probably. Should he be a semifinalist? Absolutely. Yeah, he should be good. a semifinalist. You know, and so completely got shafted there. He's got over 1,100 yards, has 14 touchdowns. I can see Notre Dame coming out in the first half and being like, we're going to we're gonna show you what he's got. And I think Audric's going to rip off a couple runs. And then that's going to set up some big plays in the pass game. Uh, Ryan, I, I do think they're going to kind of get him rolling early. So I'm going to go with Audric as far as – He's going to set the tone for Notre Dame yeah. in this game, and and that's going to really get them rolling. Uh, you know who was my who was my an other thought is I actually was thinking a young receiver as well, but not the one you were going with. Although I love your pick, I was actually thinking this was going to be the the true breakout game for Jaden Greathouse. That's kind of where I was thinking, like because there, <laughs> there are some matchups for Stanford. Where if Notre Dame is willing to do more for him in the slot or even from the boundary, doing him doing some working over stuff like the route mm-hmm. he ran against Stanford last week or against Wake last week, there's no reason you can't do that out of a reduced look from the boundary, you know, with yeah. some a double clear. Which you know, there's certainly things they could do. So working the deep ends, deep middle, he caught a deep end late in the first half against Wake last week. I just kind of feel like he's getting a little bit more comfortable. They're moving him around. Sam getting him the ball, showing a little bit more faith. If if any receiver is going to break out, that was kind of my prediction. Like, I, I, if Tobias goes, like he could do what you said, Ryan. I just, for me, it just is. I don't know that Sam Hartman's ever going to have be the guy that throws him a bunch of balls. And you, it just seems to me there's a little something in, there in that relationship where, you know, I, I don't know if you guys can see it on TV, but when Tobias scored, he didn't at all look at Sam. As he kind of ran off the field, he was looking at his other teammates. Maybe it just was a coincidence, maybe not. But just Sam's unwillingness to look at him and throw him the ball, I have no clue what it's about. But it would be great if that gets squashed in this last game. But I kind of feel like Sam Hartman's been waiting on Jaden Greathouse to to get back into the groove. Like, he liked him a lot early in the season. And I just have a feeling that with with Jaden kind of getting going last week, his confidence rolling up, 
that I have a feeling he's a guy that like he is the he is the exactly the kind of receiver that can just have a field day against against Stanford. Not just 100 plus yards, but like six, seven catches for like 130. Like I could see Tobias going three for 80 and Great House going for like eight for 120. You know what I mean? Like something like that. Or Rico could could be that guy. But I have a feeling Jaden Greathouse is going to be the receiver that just goes off in this game. And if it's not it. him, it wouldn't shock me if it's a tight end. Raritan, maybe. Yeah, Raritan or Stace, one of those two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could see something like that. So it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, so maybe they can get Eli Raritan a 100-yard game, and they could have three tight ends this year that have gone for over Wouldn't that be yards. something? Who knows? Wouldn't Seriously. that be something? It was yeah. nice that the 100-yard receiver thing is now gone. That was nice to see. You know, so Chancey Stuckey finally – had a guy playing for him have a hundred yard game at his position. So that was wonderful. But yeah, it, it would be nice to see that defensively, Ryan, I don't need to talk about it. You, you already took mine. It was Howard cross. We agree there. I just think yep. this defensive line is going to absolutely feast on mm-hmm. Stanford. So for me, it was either going to be him or Riley Mills. That That's kind of pretty much where I went from. And I'm going to go with Howard cross. Cause uh, you know, I just, I feel, yeah, I just feel like his quickness is going to give Stanford a lot of problems. If it's Riley that has the best game, won't shock me at all. It's just kind of like I was sitting there like my gut was like, yeah, I just think this is going to be a Howard game. I just kind of felt like this is going to be a Howard Cross game. He's going to have like three tackles for loss, a sack, you know, eight, nine tackles. I just kind of have a feeling Howard's going to have one of those games. Um, He's having a great year, man. He's having a great year. He is. He is. This episode of the Irish Breakdown podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you're laying in bed at night with your mind racing a thousand miles per hour and you just can't sleep? Like when you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. When you get there, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Irish. Biggest storylines, Ryan, we're pretty much on the same page on the offensive one. If Notre Dame does what I think they're going to do, it's going to be a combination of this was one of the more balanced games we've seen. You know, it's been a while since Notre Dame. Who was, who was their last 300, 200 game? Was it, um, was, did, did they do it against Pitt? I don't know that they did. No, they didn't do it against Pitt because they've only had like two, two 200 yard games this year. I think it was Central yeah. Michigan. I think it was their last three, 300, 200 game. Probably. Yes, Central Michigan. They did it against yeah. Tennessee State and they did it against Michigan. They only had 155 rushing yards against Pitt. I have a feeling this is going to be a 300-200 game for Notre Dame, and the balance is going to be good, but I, I agree with you. It's it's going to be – the ball is going to get spread around a lot in this game, I feel, just like it was last week. Because when Sam Hartman's dealing and Sam Hartman's confident, Ryan, he doesn't lock in on one guy. When he locks in on one guy, it's because he's not feeling good. He's not reading it well. He's not comfortable. When Sam's locked in, like we saw in September, the ball's going all over the place. You know, he was locked in a little bit early in his pit and was throwing picks. Then he started yep. spreading the ball around and reading it out, and he rips them up. So I, I feel like just the the number of guys that are going to make plays, it's going to be something that really gets us going to the, to the bowl season. Like, man, there's a lot of weapons. Like, see, we knew that they had some talent at receiver and tight end. 
now we're finally seeing it. So I think we're going to see a really balanced, explosive attack. And defensively, it's just going to be, to me, the storyline's just, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that I'm wrong in my prediction. And I'm hoping that Stanford's less than 10, but even at 10, it's, it's going to be a great storyline because it's just going to put a bow on what has been just a great season for the Notre Dame defense. And yeah. I would argue the best season that the Notre Dame's had since 2012 defensively. And that's saying a lot because the, the 2018 defense was really good. The last year's defense, you know, had its moments, but it, it's not anywhere close to this defense. You know, I think 18 is probably the closest that we've seen to this. The 19 defense had some really good moments, but that was against a pretty weak schedule. Like none of the other defenses to me statistically or just the consistency of this defense yeah. has just been the really impressive thing, Ryan. It's just like there's been no like quote unquote bad game. There's been games they weren't great. They weren't great against Louisville. They weren't great against Clemson, but they were still good. Right. You know, I mean, when when you when you look at the the Clemson game and we're like, man, they really just they didn't play well against Clemson. And you're like, guys, they held Clemson to 285 yards of offense. You know what I mean? Like Louisville. You're like, man, they, you know, they gave up a lot of plays to Louisville. Yeah, they have 330 yards of offense. That's it. You know, that's a team that averages 441 yards of offense this year, Ryan, and Notre Dame held them to 330. You know, and it's just like, yeah, they're pretty flipping good. They're bad games. Like, I was pissed about last week's game on defense. I was. They held, they held Wake to what? Like 232 yards of offense, and I was pissed. They gave up a touchdown. Like, when a team gives up a touchdown – and 232 yards, and you're pissed, you set a pretty high bar for defensive brilliance. And I think they're just going to close the season with another just dominant performance. Yeah, I expect them to get you know, a touchdown late and a field goal drive, but I think we're still going to watch this game and be like, dude, that's a really good freaking defense. And I hope that Notre Dame fans appreciate it because I have a feeling this is going to be the last game we see this defense as, as is as an entire unit playing sure. together. That's just my prediction, you know, I don't have any intel. That's just my prediction. But enjoy it, Indy fans, because what you saw this year from this defense was special. Was it the defense that I would design? No, I've already expressed that. That's not how I would run a defense. But I don't care for how he wants to run this defense. Man, it's pretty freaking good. And they answered the bell every single week. And I just want to see them kind of end it on a high note and just another dominant performance. And that's what I think we're going to see. So that's my storyline coming out of this yep. one, Ryan. Last thing. Yes. Just briefly, if Notre Dame doesn't blow Stanford out, like we both agree, mm-hmm. I, th- I I see no pathway to a Stanford victory for me. I yep. just don't. Yep. But if it's a, you know, uglier 31 to 17, 24 to 10, just win, whatever – Maybe it's a shootout like the Washington-Stanford game. However you think it's going to go, Ryan, if it's not a blowout, what's mm-hmm. the biggest reasons why Notre Dame – What's so meaning what's your biggest concern about this game maybe being a little bit more competitive than it should be? I think it's two things on offense. One is – sorry, two things on defense I think that worry me the most. Let me start with defense. So two things that we talked about. One – you give up a couple explosive plays in the passing game. So whether that's Elok Menor or Tyra Bachmeyer on and over or just kind of from the slots, I think that he has the potential to just kind of sneak one. And then the other part is kind of what we saw last year with Stanford. It was just, yes, it wasn't a great rushing performance from Stanford, but it was a 
advantageous one, right? Like they they made conversions where they need to. So if they're able to run the football a little bit, make a couple big plays, that's my concerns for the defensive side of the football. Offensively, really my only concern is if Notre Dame's not able to handle pressure for whatever reason in this game. I don't know what it is, but like like we saw even the last couple weeks, even though it was really good against Wake Forest, there were still a couple times where it was just like running back pass protection on the inside was just like not good. And you're just giving up easy pressures for whatever reason. And Sam Hartman, again, like he's struggled a little bit when there's been pressure in his face, which is to be expected. That's most quarterbacks ever. Right. But I I think that, that for me offensively, it's just, there's some miscommunication up front. If it's a running back pass protection, that isn't good. Just some sort of pressure interior wise. I think could affect it a little bit. Yeah. For me, Ryan, it's just, big mistakes that lead to big plays by the offense and points for the your def, your offense gives them points or special teams gives them points. I mean, we didn't talk about special teams. Stanford is a great place kicker. The rest of their special teams suck. They do. <laughs> they rank, I think, 126th in kick returns, like 80th or 90th, something like that in punt returns. I mean, they're just – they're not a good team, and it's that way in all phases of the game. Yeah. But so, like, It'd have to be something you let a blocked punt that gets returned for a touchdown. You give up a couple big plays on on because like look if if Stanford makes a catch for deep, you know, A.M. Menor makes one deep catch, it doesn't do anything. It, you may get a field goal out of it, you know, maybe a touchdown. It's the it's the five, six, seven of those plays that you can't allow to happen, right? And that's how they make it more competitive. I, so so just be not being disciplined. I think you nailed it last week. You know, I I said all last week, man. My biggest concern. My biggest concern is this team just didn't show up. And your response all week was like, I just feel like they're going to show up. And if the and if it, it, and here's the thing, right? If they showed up for that game, I don't see how they don't show up for this one unless they truly just don't know how to get this team ready to play road games. Like that, that's just the only thing that we could see. But if they also struggle, that'll be the final narrative right there. Is that right there? Is boy, this team just has to figure out what the heck they're doing wrong when they prepare for road games. I don't know what it is, but this team is just not the same team on the road. And you can't blame it on youth because this is not a young football team. Like we're seeing a little bit of that on offense, but even still you got a six year quarterback, you got a junior, you know, offense or running back. You've got two juniors that are on offensive tackle that have played a lot of football. You have a fifth year senior at center. You have a junior at left guard. You've got a million sixth and fifth year seniors on defense. I mean, you, you start one non-senior fifth or sixth on defense, one, and he's a preseason All-American. This is not a young football team. So I don't know what to blame it on. So I'm, I'm just – I feel like if they come out in this game and really dominate from start to finish, it's you have a good defense problem. It just so happened that the best defenses you played this year were on the road. Three of the yes. four best defenses you played this year were on the road. Then we know yep. that that's what it is. But if they struggle a little bit in this game, then that's what it is. And that's kind of one of my concerns, too, is this team just comes out flat. There's all the things that you and I talk about, big plays, turnovers, miscues. It's all a byproduct of this team not coming in locked in. That's really my only concern. Even then, they still win, in my opinion. Like I, I, I know, oh, they beat Stamp, beat Notre Dame last year. I understand that. This is a different team. Like we have to be, we have to be able to properly evaluate this football team and say, "Hey, listen, here's where Notre Dame is not good. When they've played good defenses this year, they get conservative, they do this, and they're they're not the same team." We can say that and and be critical of that and say that has to get fixed. And we don't know if it will get fixed because they don't play that type of team the rest of the year. 
But we also have to be willing to look at it and say, guys, when they've played teams that aren't very good, they destroy them. And that's who Stanford is. I mean, they have not had a competitive game this year, Ryan, against a team that's not pretty good or at least pretty talented. You know, um, and and that's not what Stanford is. So I don't expect a close game. And even if Notre Dame doesn't play well, I still expect a two-touchdown victory. I really do. It just is that it might be a they poured on late type of multiple touchdown victory. I hope sure. we don't see that. I really don't. I want this game to be over by halftime. I really do. I'd love to see Notre Dame end with just an absolute destructive, dominant, just every part of the team makes plays game. Mm-hmm. End mm-hmm. your season outscoring your opponents like 110 to 10, you know, something like that, where you really feel good about who this team is. Yeah, they got to figure out how to beat the better teams in the schedule. You know what? So does everybody else in college football, right? Outside of sure. Ohio State and Georgia and Bama, right? But you at least emphatically answered the question of, can you beat the teams you're supposed to? Which was one of the questions we had about this team coming into the season, right? Lost to Marshall, lost to Stanford, you know, had to hang on. I mean, you're like, thank God Navy didn't have one more possession last year. You know what I mean? Like you're praying like, oh, I'm so glad the clock ran out because if Navy had got the ball one more time with four minutes left, they probably win that game, right? This team at the very least came out and said, when we played teams we're better than, we're going to play our game. We're going to destroy them. That's what I'm hoping that we come out of this game. So that's it. That's predictions. There it is, folks. You got some keys to victory on both sides of the football. You got some game predictions. You got some storylines. You got some game balls. You got a little bit of everything here. We're going to get to a mailbag next. Before we do, same jazz. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the podcast. Hit that notification bell on your way out. And before you leave, also go to boards.irishbreakdown.com. Make sure to sign up the message board there. You can also find all our free content at irishbreakdown.com. There's a lot of content that is up there. Big opportunity for Notre Dame this weekend to end the season off, the regular season off anyway, off on a good note, going into bowl weekend. So make sure you hit all those buttons, and we'll see you on the other side of the mailbag here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.